Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across the Nordics region to discuss industry passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Josh Asquith, and I help businesses connect with top tech freelance talent. And today, I'm your host. Today, we're here with Andreas from Astrid. Um, Andreas, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Mm, sure, sure. Uh, so my name is Andreas Kohlberg. Um, and I run a an AI company called Astrid. Um, and I mean, in short, the mission with Astrid is to elevate everyone's confidence when speaking. Uh, we built this AI assistant that coaches you on how you speak and what you say. Uh, office here in, in Stockholm, around 20 people, pretty much everyone, a machine learning engineer, product or design or, or tech person. Awesome. Hi everyone, this is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. So today, you and I are here to talk about the importance of person-to-person communication in a world that is becoming increasingly enveloped by AI models. So do you want to tell us why that's an important topic? Well, I think it's 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 very important now because there is such a big hype around AI. Um, and I think the, the, the hype around AI is interesting because it really affects everyone, at least emotionally, right? So... There's such a big potential impact with AI, and it's set to transform, you know, our whole world drastically. And I think that scares some people. Some people are like me; I'm more positive to to to, to for these changes or to these change changes. Um, you also see that um, large corporations and companies are putting so much money. Uh, behind investments in AI, so it really affects you when you're at work. Or when you get home from work, um, you maybe worry how it affects your kids. It's just everywhere right now. And I think with the launch of ChatGPT, where people could really see how AI could work, you could basically talk to a computer and have it talk back to you. That just, you know, made things even bigger. Um, so, so I think that the 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 AI roller coaster that we're on and looking at how much of your life it will transform, I think that human connection and relationship that you create, especially when you communicate like we do now verbally, is so important. And I'd even say that it it might be the last thing that AI actually replaces, the way you communicate verbally. I mean, it's already kind of replacing the way you write emails and, and, and write essays potentially, right? So, so I think that's, it's, it's on everyone's mind right now. Okay. So you mentioned that you are optimistic in a, in a world that 
can be quite fearful. Mm. But I understand that people are genuinely afraid of what they don't know. Talk to me about some of the possibilities that you think we can see with AI. What good things will change? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. So I think if you look at it by sector, uh, take healthcare, for example. I think AI can do a lot for disease diagnosis, right? So um, analyzing medical images and detect things like tumors and stuff much more quicker than than a you know a human could do. Um, in education where where Astrid is, uh, take personalized learning, right? Identify thing, identifying areas where, where students are struggling, for example, and helping teachers make better decisions and giving give students that one-to-one um, training and, and coaching that they need. So that's healthcare and education. But then, I mean, take, um, I don't know, climate change, right? So, I mean, I think AI can be used to analyze, analyze vast amounts of data right and make much stronger and better predictions that will ultimately help us uh redesign our cities for like the, the future of, of our climate here on earth which is a bit scary obviously so those are the three things correct just about the transportation like automation okay mm-hmm. so with all of those really amazing possibilities what are the what are the current challenges preventing us getting there no so i think the the, the challenges is that most well, today you don't really trust AI, and I, I think that's wise, <laughs> right? So I wouldn't necessarily just jump into a car that has, you know, self that is self-driving today. I, I would be a bit skeptic, and I think that's that's probably smart. Um, I know for a fact that that many teachers are are quite skeptic um, as well. Will this actually help the kids? Um, and you should be skeptic, I think, within healthcare. But we are on a path. And I don't think that will, will change. But today, what, what's keeping us back is seeing the proof in real life. And again, I think one of those things we as humans that really catapulted the discussion of AI a couple of months ago or, or last year was the fact that it, the robots, if you will, started talking natural language and it suddenly became real for us. So that's a big step. And I think we'll probably have more of those um, in the future. Do you think that we'll get to a point where it will be impossible to distinguish between a real human and AI. So you mean like if you and I were actually robots now in real life, or do you mean more digitally? Because I think digitally it'll come sooner than what we're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just fascinated by this topic. Yeah. So moving away from pure AI and moving into you and I are here to discuss communication. Mm. So in this world that is dominated by the digital communication, mm. how are the human connections formed and how does that differ from what we're seeing with, with AI? Yeah. No, so I, well, first of all, I'm a big fan of human to human connection. I'm the type of guy who is in the office every day to meet with my coworkers. Um, if I sit for too long by myself, I mean, I get distracted and, and not very efficient. I think the um, the face-to-face communication versus digital communication, if you will, what we do now, this face-to-face communication is much more personal, right? And it's I think it's significant because we have these non-verbal cues, right? Like facial expressions and and, and body language, and and that's something that I I think is uh, 
worth a lot. And it's much easier for me to quickly see how you react when I speak, right? Because I have you here, you know, we have the room together. Um, but on the other side, if you have digital communication, you and I, I mean, you could be in Asia and I can be in Sweden and we can speak. We have no geographical barriers. And for some people, it might actually be less frightening to have a conversation digitally. Uh, maybe you have a different way of um, uh, expressing exp expressing yourself uh, digitally as well. But, but but again, I'm a fan of the, the human to human. Yeah, me too. There, I do agree that working digitally has a good place and it's allowed us to be much more efficient. Mm. You and I have spoken different countries on several occasions prior to the and prior to this podcast. I guess one of the things that can come from this is that we digital communication can be replaced by AI models, I guess. And that is much more efficient because if you are if there's somebody being answering questions as you, if there's an AI model answering mm. questions as you, mm. then you are able to do your job mm. and you are able to respond to me and I may be none the wiser. Yeah. Do you see, how do you view that? Is that positive? Is that a negative? Um, I think it will happen, but it's tr tricky. I would love to have the Andreas assistant. I would love to put the Andreas assistant on tasks that I don't have time to do. Standing in line, you know, uh, <laughs> on a call to change my mobile subscription. Wouldn't let the Andreas assistant do that, right? Or research maybe for, for an upcoming trip. Mm -hmm. It would be great to have the Andreas assistant. I wouldn't want the Andreas assistant to do what we do now, right? This I want to do. But maybe if the if my assistant can do most of the repetitive or boring tasks for me, I have more time to do this. I also, you know, from, from a pure like sales perspective, um, as a business owner, if if I can have the Andreas sales assistant take more of the sales calls for me, right? And maybe I come in a little bit later when a relationship is established, I can have, you know, an infinite number of conversations going on at the same time, right? So I can reach many, many more. Um, it's kind of like mass email, I guess, but, uh, <laughs> but, but a bit more... Um, sophisticated. But I wonder, I mean, I wonder in the future if people, well, if my assistant, will they, will my assistant just speak to another assistant then, right? Will the assistants just hash it out and then come up with a proposed solution? That would be pretty efficient, but I, I, that, that's a long way to go. But I think definitely that's where we headed. Yeah. By and bowls, we would have to be able to train the assistants to be able to ask the right questions. And that would be an interesting. That would yeah. be interesting to see how that evolves. Yeah, and I don't think you'll have one assistant for everything. Oh, that's a very good point. So let's take this hypothetical world there, where you and I have got something to hash out. The assistants get to it, and then there's just final details to to resolve. Mm. I'm assuming that's where you and I come in with a with a person to person yeah. communication. Are there any limitations to that that could be improved by the AI? That last step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you, you you would definitely. I mean, if you if, if your assistant is well trained, if you trust your assistant, right, your life would be a lot more efficient 
if you just had, you know, someone, well, the assistant come up with you and say, okay, we I've already negotiated this for you. This is the best deal for you. This is the mobile subscription, for example, or this is where you and your family should travel, mm -hmm. right? Are you okay with it, that or not, right? And, and once I actually get to the place where I really trust that assistant, maybe I'll just let them book it without having to make that final check. You know, that'll be a very interesting feel of... Yeah, that would be, that would be really cool. And you mentioned having a Navy assistant to take sales calls. Or make them. Or make sales calls. How much of sales is what you and I are doing in terms of the eye contact, the having a coffee, mm. the having a conversation and getting to understand one another? Mm. And how much of sales can be done just by these are the facts and details? And, and let it I thought a lot about that, actually, because pre-pandemic, the way I did business anyway was, you know, I used digital formats like Zoom or Teams or whatever to make an early connection with someone like you, maybe in the UK. But to close the deal, I would always fly over, look you in the eye, shake your hand, you know, and, and, and build a relationship. During the pandemic, that was suddenly not possible. And in the beginning, I think people were like, holy shit, how's that going to, how's that going to work? But since you had no options, you actually had to close the deal anyway, right? So when we, we, we started Aster during the pandemic and we raised our um, first round and second round actually of investing without meeting our investors physically. And we closed our deals and partnerships without meeting it. And suddenly you walk out of the pandemic being like, huh, so... I never thought that that would work, but that actually worked. And now I, I had a, a, a meeting with a, a client yesterday. They have um, 600 or so um, sales executives. Um, Pre-pandemic, they went out and met everyone face-to-face. -face. During pandemic, obviously met no one. Post-pandemic, they're actually now trying to get their salespeople out more, but the customer is so accustomed and fine with, with doing it digitally. So they have problems getting out. So maybe they are, they're only out like 10 or 20% of the time. So I, I was I, previously, again, I, I thought that you had to, to meet in person because I think good uh, business relationships are long-term relationships. Right. If if I if I want to sell the Astrid solution to you and your organization, I want to make sure that we actually make a difference for you. So I need to understand you, and I need to understand your goals and your challenges. Now, how can an AI assistant do that for me? Well, maybe it could do a lot of the um, a, a lot in the discovery phase. Right? Maybe my AI assistant can talk to your AI assistant and really hash out exactly what are your current challenges and if we can solve them and after that you know but but i think for me it's more of a personal preference i would like to meet you right i love you know meeting eating lunch or having person-to-person -person meetings like this but if i could be a lot more efficient and go let's say that your sales process has five steps where step four and five are more relationship building you know person to person if i could just go in the four and fives and let the AI system do one, two, three, or maybe four, right? I would be so much more efficient. I would probably close a lot more deals. Mm. I guess with that, how do we... I'm going to really put you on the spot now, Andreas. Yeah. And I think in that scenario where 
one, two, and three are handled by people and we don't really know much about it. And you and I meet for steps four and five. Does that present a challenge in itself? Because me reaching out to yourself on email and you seeing that you responding, that feels to me like a, a part of that relationship built. Mm-hmm. So does that present a challenge or do you think that's easily? I, no, I, I think it presents a challenge to, the, to balance it against the uh, efficiency gains. Um, and when I get a cold email from you, I would actually say that I haven't really even formed a relationship with you yet, right? So some of those stages is fine to, to, to do with assistance, but, but no, of course, I mean, I, I'm not even sure that this is the way it will be. I'm just trying to imagine a world where I, as a business owner and a salesperson would be a lot more efficient if I could do the higher order stuff mm. and not focus on it, but, but sure it's, there will be so many challenges. This is such a big revolution in, in how we communicate. Yeah. I. It seems to draw parallels with when I reflect on it, the rapid change to video calls that we had, those similar challenges there where we had distant relationship because we couldn't shake hands, we couldn't make proper eye contact. It doesn't, we don't have the same feeling of proximity. I had a lot of problem with that, right? So if I were, was pitching to an investor in the US, for example, or in the UK, and I was doing everything I could, like looking into that little camera, and then suddenly he or she mutes and turns and looks at something outside of my, you know, I don't know what, what they're looking at. Right. Yeah. It, 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 how, how do you, I mean, that that's really difficult. So, uh, that takes training. I think many of us have actually become a lot better, uh, in how we handle ourselves digitally mm-hmm. uh, and on video. Um, but that's, that's something that we spend a lot of time, you know, when we coach, um, salespeople here at Astrid. Our AI coach focuses a lot on that as well, right? How do you how do you form a connection where you when you're not in the same room? Okay, so Astrid is a blend of AI and communication, and as you just as you just alluded to, it can support, it can coach. Talk to me about it. How does it how does Astrid work? Um, sure. So so again, um, as I said earlier on, our our overall mission with Astrid is to elevate everyone's confidence when they speak, when they communicate. Okay. And I come, I mean, in in my earlier life, I worked a lot with digital coaching, right? So I had um, teachers, tutors, coaches spread across the world, um, teaching people over video, okay, synchronously. And having a private coach, I think is kind of the gold standard of learning anything quickly mm-hmm. from sports to, to whatever. If you have a private math tutor, you will be good, right? Yeah. But that is expensive, right? Great coaches cost a lot of money per hour. And it's also a very difficult model for the operator to, it's a scheduling nightmare trying to get, you know, the right coach at the right time, synchronously doing a video call um, with, with the user. So when we started Astrid, we were like, how can we use technology to coach you? How can we give you the absolute best coaching in the world at, at a price point where hopefully everyone can afford it? Uh, AI is the answer, right? So the way we use AI, so we built this AI assistant that focus on coaching you when you communicate. 
We do that by listening when you speak and automatically building a profile of you as a communicator, of you as a speaker. We listen to the vocal side, like how do you say, do you speak fast? How's your pronunciation if you have, for example, English as a second language? How do you how do you use pauses when you speak? How loud do you speak, right? And then we look at the lexical piece, which is what do you say? So we look at what you say and how you say it. And uh, for sales, for our um, sales execs, for example, um, so pe people we, uh, we when we sell to teams uh, with a lot of salespeople, right? For them, we can coach them by by saying, well, actually, when you presented your solution or product, or when you talked about pricing, right, you did that in a certain way. You were using words that made you sound less confident than you actually are, or when you got nervous. And when you presented your product, you started talking way too quickly. So for next time, think about this, this, and that, right? So we are, I, I usually view myself, or view myself, I view Astrid, right, as a an always-on coach sitting on your shoulder, never giving up on you, and giving you nudges of how to improve, you know, during the day or during the week. Because I don't think that you can, I, I can't sit you down and coach you for a full day and then never talk to you again. You're not going to remember all of that, right? So instead, what we try to do is to build a habit, right? So we try to nudge you and improve you 1% every day. And 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 that has been um, quite uh, efficient, actually. You see exponential improvements in, in the people that we coach. And we do all of this automatically, right? So it's available for anyone. We listen when you speak. We listen to how you speak and what you say. We analyze that together, and then we continuously coach you and and uh, watch your progress. It sounds awesome, and it's something that I personally am super excited about. But we come back to what we were discussing earlier, that the challenges of AI are trust. So people, the listeners of this podcast, I know aren't all very, not everybody is understanding of AI yet because it's so new and short. So why, how does this work? Why should people trust that it works? Hmm. So, well, first of all, um, earlier in the episode, we, we talked about healthcare and transportation, automation, self-driving cars, right? This is not that serious, <laughs> right? If this goes wrong, it's still kind of fine, right? But I think, um, Ease of use has been such a big thing for us, right? So, so when you use Astrid, you, you download it to your computer. There's a little Shazam button or like record button. Click record, and then you stop it after you're done with your call. First of all, in terms of trust, we only listen to you. So we don't listen to the person on the other side. You could do that, but then you have to tell them, obviously, that you're recording both sides. Mm -hmm. So we only listen to you. And then right after your call, you are going to get the coaching. Right. So within a minute or two, you'll get coaching on your highlights, your lowlights, and what to improve for next time. That's how we build trust. Because if that coaching is not good enough, then you'll just stop using Astrid. Right. If it is good enough, then you know you you you're gonna find yourself in a habit where you start recording more and more of your sales pitches or or, or your meetings. So we have to build trust. Um, going out and screaming generative AI. Uh, it, it's not the way to reach the masses. 
100 percent and you, we've spoken of a couple of use cases of coaching english as a second language coaching sales mm. what other challenges do you think moving forward as technology evolves astrid and the ai model that you use may be able to solve so let's, let's talk education perhaps right so that's something my mother is a teacher right and um, i've worked in, in education for quite some some time um AI in education is a sensitive topic. The way I view it, right, is that if you, I think UNESCO went out um, a few years ago in a report saying that we need to recruit and hire 69 million teachers just to have enough teachers in 2030. That's not, I mean, that's not going to happen, right? I mean, we're not on, a, on the, the trajectory of, of, of uh, achieving that goal. So there's a huge deficit of teachers, you know, let alone good teachers. I mean, we just need teachers, right? So here, I think AI um, can help a lot because it can actually, like, like the way we use it, give you personalized and adaptive learning, which means that the teachers can focus on more higher order stuff, right? So I think that is is something um, that, that will help education. Um, I think AI will generally help people with uh, doing all the mundane and boring repetitive tasks. Obviously, if you have a job today that is only doing that, then you are at risk of being replaced. Hopefully, there will be a new job coming to for, for you, right, that you can. But I, this is, has a lot of similarities with the Industrial Revolution, mm. right? So with machines, you could do a lot more. Um, and you didn't need as many people to work on the farm, but obviously they found a lot of other things to do. And as the species, the only humans started producing a lot more, uh, which is wh where we are today. And I think that the same is about to happen uh, now with AI. So that makes sense. And uh, I understand the fear that people have about being replaced by AI, especially when you look in the media and they say X job is now being replaced, X job is now being replaced. And thinking of how Astrid assists coaches and teachers. Let's, we've understood how it assists in teaching, but we, you and I understand that teaching and coaching are two separate things potentially. Hmm. So how does Astrid work? If I, so I'm a language coach now and I'm talking to you and now I'm thinking, oh no, <laughs> what happens? Oh, yeah. Right. I think they're, they're all, again, comes down to personal preference as well. Um, they, the reason in my book to to learn a new language ultimately is to communicate and meet people right to travel to new places meet new cultures right and i think people will continue doing that the um if you are a digital tutor or teacher today well something like astrid could potentially be a threat to you but again the demand is so much higher than the supply today. So I think you'll be fine anyway, right? And maybe, you know, you could adjust how you teach, how you coach, right? And and find a way to work together with so so when we um some of the the coaches that uh, the, or or sorry, management teams that we work with, they do coaching for their sales teams in person usually once per quarter potentially right or every month 
big events, right? That's great. You meet people in person. It's a big event. You know, you get energized. The problem is after that peak, when everyone walks out the door, then you start forgetting. What did I learn? And and you, you fall back to old habits. And Astrid, the way we nudge you, the 1% that I was talking about, we build habits and we can actually sustain the habits in between those events for the sales teams, just as an example. So I I don't think we're necessarily a threat to, to all coaches. If you're a great coach, people will still pay you to coach. Yeah, I understand that. And that'll come back to what we discussed earlier, the person-to-person communication. And you actually answered my next question. I was going to ask, well, could Astrid support me as a coach? But it seems that it can't. So I think when I'm in this example, I'm using Astrid as a, just as an image to represent AI in this world where people are saying AI replacing roles. Mm. I think it's quite positive to see that actually, if I'm willing to adapt the way I work, the AI doesn't have to replace me. It can support me and make me better. Yeah. Or make me much more effective and much more efficient. I guess if I could add, one of the things that we saw during the pandemic, but also with help of AI and technology, is the opportunity for you to work from anywhere. Right? We see a lot of, uh, of freelancers and you know independent contractors, uh, or people just sitting in, in in different parts of the world working, you know, together. The um, that that that's been enabled by technology. My view is, however, especially if you're a freelancer or independent contractor, then you also have to form that relationship with your client. So the way you communicate becomes even more important in a world like this. And as I said, I think that's the last thing that AI will replace. So we want to make sure that we can coach everyone to communicate, to go out in the world and hang out with other humans. Right, and form better relationships. It makes total sense to me. And the reason why I'm here, because I wholeheartedly believe that relationships are the key to everything. Mm. Uh, as well as podcast hosts, flame recruiters, and we're based in relationships. So what about singing? Singing, yeah. Yeah. Could Astrid or a model similar to Astrid be used for singing? Um, yeah, yes. Uh, I think one of the things that most people have issues with when they sing is that they're self-conscious about hearing their own voice or how, how does my voice sound? I don't think I can sing. So they don't. One of the things I think when, when you start going to a sing coach, a, a, a big thing is that you get to listen back to your own voice and you get that immediate feedback from someone who hopefully encourages you, <laughs> right? I think that's, so, so we see that with languages as well, right? When we teach kids, to speak English, right? Which is the one part of our of our business. They get to listen back to what their own voice sounds like when they speak. And as soon as you get used to that, your confidence starts growing. So I think a, a, an Astrid coach for singing, when you can listen back to your own voice and you can get coached. I mean, we, we listen in when you speak or sing. Right, then obviously we can coach you on that as well. The, the, the reason, so today we're doing a coaching for customer-facing teams, customer service and sales. And we've had professional coaches annotating our coaching for almost two years, right? Because again, we didn't just trust the machine to begin with. We've had professional coaches looking into how do we actually coach? What type of coaching is the, is the coaching good enough? 
Is it, you know, do I get excited by it? Would I, as a coach, actually say something like this? And then we fine tune and correct and fine tune and correct. And you'd have to do the same thing for singing. We haven't yet, <laughs> right? But, but yes, it's the same technique. That's awesome. And moving into the whole of communication, so person to person communication, as, as you well know. 30% of it is verbal, 70% is the non-verbal or sub it's sub it's the famous saying goes that it's body language, etc. Mm. And you can astrid or a similar model help people with that. And I know some people struggle with closing body language or opening body language. Absolutely. Knowing when to super importance. Yeah, the whole rhetoric. Um uh, yes, so so today we only pick up the audio file. Uh we do experiment on video as well. So in, in, in that case, it would basically be when you do your Zoom call, we would also grab the video when you speak. And we could connect how you spoke, what you said, and how you moved, right? So again, going back to my earlier example, if you're pitching your product or solution, right, today we can understand if you're speaking too quickly or taking too long pauses or, or using words that doesn't make you sound very confident. Adding to that would be, I mean, if you sit like this, crouching over or if you're you know, staring, you know, looking afraid. I mean, that, that's obviously something that we could uh, pick up as well. There's technology for that, but we haven't, um, we haven't got there yet. Awesome. So a personal question, why do you, as Andreas, care about this? Oh, um, because I want my, my, I want my kids to feel that they can communicate with confidence. I think it's so important, especially when I, mean, I obviously have English as a second language. So if I go up on stage, um, you know, I, it'll be easier for me to do that in Swedish than to do it in English, right? Because I'm more used to doing it in, in, in Swedish. But even if I did it in Swedish, it's it's still a bit scary for everyone, right? And during the very early and formative years, um, I think if, if we can help kids get used to the sound of their, their own voice, um, and give them the techniques they need to speak with confidence. Ultimately, I guess the world, I think the world would be better off. I understand how that sounds, but I do honestly believe that if we can elevate people's confidence when speaking by 10 or 20%, and we can have everyone in the world speak with more confidence and be much more precise and clear when they communicate, I think that's good for the world. Definitely. I imagine so many of the problems that we have are just communication breakdown for. Mm, yeah. so I totally understand that. And whilst I'm asking personal questions, you are, you've been through this journey with Ashraf from start to where you are now. Mm. Has the working working theory or working hypothesis changed through the journey? Um, somewhat, I guess. So the, what we've been doing, so we've been at this for almost three years now. What we've been focusing on is the voice technology and the intelligence. Again, we started Astrid because we wanted to bring top world-class coaching down to a price point where everyone can use it. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to make it so easy to use that you would actually build a habit of using it. Mm -hmm. um, how to get there? I mean, we, we, we've had to train our models for a few years. So the first thing we did actually when uh, during the pandemic was that we uh, we built a mobile app for kids and teens 
to speak English because they all sat at home and they were, you know, they, they didn't have the opportunity to uh, to, to train English. Um, so we did that, and that was became very popular instantly. There's a funny, funny story actually is that we we saw that we, we looked into the study pattern of the kids who downloaded the the app, and we saw that many of them were actually studying past midnight or very early at night. And I, as a father, I was like, hmm, I'm not sure if I'm if I'm supposed to be impressed or if I'm supposed to be sad about this. But when we looked into it, it was actually not the kids studying. It was their parents who were using the kids app to practice the way they communicate in English. So we were like, okay, that makes total sense. Let's make an app for grownups, right? So that they can use to improve their career options or opportunities, right? And that led us in speaking to corporations who had, a, had an issue when recruiting because they were recruiting people who said that they spoke really good English, but their knowledge of English was actually much higher than they were able to speak English. So they understood, the candidates understood English much better than they could speak English. And the recruiters only understood that way too, you know, far down the funnel, mm. right? So if they, if, if, if they had a tool where everyone who applied for a job could do a five minute speaking test, that would help them a lot. So then we develop that, right? So we, we have all of these different, and now we have the, the AI system that automatically coaches you when you speak. Um, but it's all pinging the same core technology. Um, so so we've been very focused on building this technology and it's it's world-class. But that's also why, you know, everyone in the in the company, I guess, except for me, you're actually, you're looking at the sales and marketing department. Hello, <laughs> right? Everyone else is product and, and tech focused. That's part of our next step now uh, to, uh, to, to, to expand the, the commercial side. It is sounds really, sound really awesome. I'm not going to say company names, but there are very famous language teaching companies that have apps and websites, et cetera. So what is the, what is the big difference? Well, the big difference is that we don't co so um, we don't only coach you in coaching you language is just one of the things we do. Okay, so most of it is actually we coach you on maybe your storytelling technique, right? Or if you say ah oh, and mm, way too much, right? How you pause pronunciation is a big thing if you have English as a second language. But the Astrid app works in many different languages. So a lot of our customers are actually native speakers, native Swedish speakers, native Spanish speakers or whatever. We don't have to teach them pronunciation, mm -hmm. right? So we, even though the, the first app that we released, the one for kids and teens, for example, that I mentioned, that was pure learn how to speak English, right? That pronunciation piece is just one of, you know, 35 parameters we look at when we coach in how to communicate with confidence. So we don't see ourselves as a direct competitor to the uh, uh, the language apps. Mm -hmm. This is more of a communication. No, it makes perfect sense. And when, if people want to check out this technology that, you, that you've built, yeah. Where do they find it? How do they find it? Sure. Um, they can just go on our website um, with astrid.ai. On that website, you'll see different use cases, see how the technology works. There's also a demo, right? Um, you can even download the product uh, directly from there. Uh, free trial, seven days. Just get started. Perfect. And what about people want to know more about yourself? Where do they find you? Oh, they can just ping me on LinkedIn. I'm there every day like everyone else.
Foss. And I will add your LinkedIn profile to the link when this podcast goes out. Just to sign off, a very big open question now. Mm. In this three-year journey, what is it can be about? people it can be about the product what's the biggest thing that you've learned that other people would be better off knowing um building something from an idea especially if that idea is quite ambitious and starting with you and, and my, my co-founder john and and, and twee uh, it's hard but it's extremely rewarding so I, I guess just like never give up. If you really believe in, in what you're doing and what you do could potentially help change the world for the better, just never give up. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you're hiring for new technical roles or if you're looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, drop me a message. I'm Josh Asquith. And you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at joshua.asquith, that's A-S-Q-U-I-T-H at evolution-nordics.com. Alternatively, visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash SE. Thanks again to all of our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time.